tonight is a Holy Ghost meeting. Amen. You know, whenever the Holy Ghost is in a service, there's things that he wants said, and there's things that he wants done. And it's our job to find out what he wants to say and what he wants to do and respond to that. That way we have the highest flow. And uh, this morning, as I was sitting back, I guess that would be called the green room, which is the brown room. It's brown back there. <laughs> now, I was just minding my own business, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost dropped some scriptures. It was dropped a scripture into my spirit and some thoughts into my heart concerning tonight. And so uh, we have some direction by the Holy Ghost of which way to go tonight. So if you have your Bibles... I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Now, I've never ministered out of Ezekiel 47, and so I am going to start there uh, tonight. And by your help and by the help of God, we'll get all that God has for us. I really appreciate uh, the prayer group. How many were praying in the next room by the green room? I, I just love that. It's just like home. You're going after it, man. You know, my wife was saying, Let, let's go in there and join them. But I didn't want to disrupt what they were doing. And so it's so wonderful. Uh, this is a place of the word and a place of the spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have you found Ezekiel 47? Let's start with verse 1. Here Ezekiel is in a vision. He's having visitation, Lord. So he's, he's declaring what the Lord is showing him in a vision. And actually, the whole chapter would be great, but we're just going to read the first five verses. And it reads this, Afterwards, he brought me again into the door of the house. And that was the temple that he was shown, the house of God, the temple of God. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house, eastward. For the forefront of the house stood towards the east, and the waters came down under the side of the house, which is the south side of the altar. Let's just pause there for a moment. You ever wonder, whenever prophets have visions, they know where north, south, east, and west is? Yeah, that's always uh, dumbfounded me. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you where north, south, east, west is in this plane. Where's north here? This way, that, that way, all right. But yet, he, he, he's in the spirit and he knows exactly which way, north, south, east, west. I always find that fascinating. And uh, if you ever had experiences in the spirit, which I have, my, one of my offices, you know, caters to that thing, um, to, to the spiritual realm, that it, it is amazing the things you know and understand when you're in your spirit. You know exactly where north is. You know exactly certain things you didn't know in the natural realm. And so I just want to take a pause because, you know, whenever I read something like that, because, you know, Brother Hagen would, would get caught up in the spirit and he would say the east gate and this gate and so forth. But in, in the spirit, it's a real place. And uh, when, when you're in the spirit, you see and know things that you wouldn't naturally know yourself. And so um, let's go on. Verse 2, and he brought me out of the way of the north gate, north, the gate northward, led me about the way into the utter gate. I don't know what gate that is, but it's an utter gate. By the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. 
And when the man which had the line, this, of course, is an angel, in his hand went forward eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. Now I'm reading out of the King James Bible. Yours might read a little differently. And he brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand, meaning a thousand cubits, and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. And he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters to the loins, or that's the waist. Afterwards, he measured a thousand and was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. Again, the prophet of God is having a visitation. He sees the temple. And the Holy Ghost, in this visitation, shows them a river flowing out of the temple. And it's very interesting that the first thing he makes Ezekiel aware of, there is a river that flows out of the temple. Then, um, as he stood and behold the river, the Spirit of God or a man through the angel. How I many know it's all spiritual? It's all through the spiritual, spiritual operations of God. The Spirit of God takes them a thousand cubits into the river. Now, a thousand cubits, I looked this up, me being from the United States, that is one-third of a mile. Now, as you know, the United States is the only one that uses miles, feet, and inches. The rest of the world uses the metric system. And so, I did my homework, I googled it, <laughs> and a thousand cubits is just over 500 meters. Okay, so you, you understand, here's this river flowing from the temple, he takes them 500 meters, and the waters are ankle deep. Then he takes them another 500 meters knee deep. And then another 500 meters waist deep. Then eventually another 1,000 meters it's enough to swim in. Could not pass over. And anything that went to that river would be swept away by the river. What is this a picture of? Well, it's a picture of the Word and the Spirit. The temple. The teaching and preaching of the Word of God. The river, the flow of the Holy Ghost. And, um, you know, and I, I like it because it says it is the Word and the Spirit. The Word should always come first. And, but I thought, find it very interesting that God had to tell Ezekiel there is a flow that comes out of the temple, that comes out of the teaching of the Word of God. And, um, you know, a lot of churches don't know that. I mean, a lot of churches, they go into the temple, they hear great and wonderful teaching, they leave the temple, and that's the only flow they receive. And so here, by the Spirit of God, and I believe it's prophetically uh, concerning the last days, that uh, God wants us to be aware there is a flow that should be coming out of the temple. There's a flow, and not only to know there's a flow... But what? Get into the flow. Yes. 
And not only just get into flow, but get into the depths of the flow. And so it tells us that whenever the church gets together under the teaching and preaching the word of God, that uh, we ought to know there's a river that God wants to move. God wants to flow. And he just doesn't want us to say, oh, that's nice. It's nice for them. It's nice for Sister Susie and the prayer people. And it's nice for pastor and some of the leaders. God wants all of us to get wet. God wants all of us to experience his presence and the flow of God. In the presence of God, there are, are joys and victories. There's things that can happen under the anointing of God that a thousand hours of counseling can't cure. And so God wants all of us to get in the flow. But notice this as well. We, we, there's so much we can learn from this. Notice you just can't get from the shore into the deep part of the river. There's a process that you have to learn to first recognize what is ankle deep. Then as you get comfortable in ankle deep, go out knee deep and, oh, yeah, I, I, I can handle this. And then eventually get into waist deep and say, yep, I think I'm ready to take the plunge. To go and wade out in the river. So there's different flows and there's different depths of flows in the Holy Ghost. And God in these last days is endeavoring to get the church of God to identify these flows and to respond to these flows and get the fullness of what God has for us. Um, Kennedy Hagen uh, had a visitation, Lord. Is it all right if I mention that name in this church? Because all I know came from him. And what I don't know isn't his fault, you know. Everything I know is, is due to that man. I went to his Bible school and, and you know, the, the churches we started, the things we've done, is just simply because I sat under this man's ministry. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagen, as you know, is a key figure in the last days that uh, when he was a, before he was born, his, Jesus appeared to his mother and because she was having some trouble with, the, with uh, the pregnancy and with her husband and so forth, Jesus appeared to her uh, before he was born. He said, you know, the child will be born and told her some things about Brother Hagen's ministry. And actually, Brother Hagen, Kenthy Hagen, Jesus told his mom to name him John. Have you heard that? As John the Baptist was a forerunner of Jesus' first coming, he would be a, a forerunner, the message that he was to bring forth for his second coming. That's why I'm a big stickler. Whatever Brother Hagin said, especially when Jesus appeared to him, Jesus talked to him and, and wrote books, those are our marching orders for this last day move of God. Amen. But um, Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin just before camp meeting in 1987, this year that I graduated from Ramah, and spoke to him about oh, three hours and from that book, um, from that visitation, we get the book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And I highly recommend that you read it at least once a year. Because in it, it was the Lord Jesus Christ communicating to church what Jesus needed from the church to get into the last day move of God. Now, I, I just want to read some of these things. And again, 
you know, I, I'm laying a foundation. We, we want to get in the river. We want to identify the river. But we've got to understand there's steps. It's a process. We just can't go from the shore or even ankle deep and jump into the, the deep end. There's a process. Now listen to what, what Jesus said to Brother Hagen. Uh, and I'm just quoting the book. In the 1987 visitation with the Lord, Jesus told me some things that he is wanting to do in this day in the church. His plans. And why he has not been able to do them. You know, a lot of people say God's in control. God does what he wants. But you got to understand that God, Jesus flows through his body. He is the head, we are the body. You know, my head can want that uh, bottle of water, but if my body does not what respond to what the head does wants, then the head doesn't get what, what it wants. And the same thing, that Jesus must have the cooperation of the body. And so here Jesus is telling Brother Hagin this, that uh, I have some plans for my church, and I've not been able to do them, uh, and, and notice this, he said that if the body of Christ will cooperate with God, God needs our cooperation and get in line with his plan and his purposes and pursue that plan, then God will be able to accomplish what he wants to do in this day. Again, we're going to see how this correlates with our text. God shows Ezekiel the temple, then he shows him the river, there's a flow. But there, there are measures to the flow. And God wants to get us from the bank to flowing into the river. And this is just right in line of what we're talking about. And then he says this in another part of the book. Oh, there is a move of the Spirit of God, dear friends. But we can't just jump into it. Ezekiel just couldn't jump into it. He had to experience ankle, the knee, the waist, then the swim. God wants to get us there. And that's why we have to follow his plans, his purposes, and pursue them. And in this visitation, Jesus told me, this move will be lost unless you teach my people of how to move with my spirit. And so, Ezekiel, God reveals there is a river. Brother, Jesus tells Brother Hagin, there is a flow that I want my people, there is something that I want to do by my spirit. And uh, we need to know there's a river. We need to learn how to spend time in the river. You know, have you ever gone to the beach? And there, there, there's, there's kids playing on the shore, there's people swimming, and there's those people that just like to sit back and watch. Well, that's good for you. I don't want to get wet and so forth. Now, that's fine. That's fine with the beach. But there is a river of God that God wants all of his children to get into. A river that will bless you, that will prosper you, that will heal you, that will deliver you, that will give you clarity of thought and mind. And see, there's some things that God wants to do and places that he wants us to get into if we can just learn to identify some of the movements of God and learn to cooperate with Him. And I'm trusting by the grace of God to share some of those things that, that, that we can see there's a whole lot out there. And a lot of times that um, we're, 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 we're playing ankle deep. 
We're splashing in the water. Ooh, this is great, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, we're think we're, we're wading in deep waters. But there's so much more that God wants to get us into. And so there are things that, that God is trying to show. Do you know this? You know, spiritual things are just like natural things. That um, there are some places you probably would never go if you didn't know existed. Um, I, I hope there is no haters here, but my wife and I, we like Disney. Disney World. Am I safe in the house? Okay, we're okay with the Disney illustration? Because some people, oh, that's worldly and, you know, you shouldn't be there. I, I, I don't know. I, some of the most annoying people I know go there. So, if you're a hater, just hear me out. Just, all right. You know, if I didn't know there was a Disney World, I would never go there. And, uh, you know, I, I may, through some act of grace and mercy, I may just be driving, and by some luck and chance and coincidence, I may, oh, what's this place? Oh, look it. Welcome to what? Walt Disney World. What is this place? That probably wouldn't happen. I, I probably wouldn't stumble across Walt Disney World. But because I know it's there, and others have gone. And you know, the pictures and stuff like that, you, you get a hankering. You get a, whoo, Walt Disney World. And, you know, every year, my wife and I, we go to Disney World. Because we know it's there. And see, there, there's some things that Jesus told Brother Hagen. There's a move of the Spirit that would be lost to this generation unless you teach them. What is it saying? There there are some things, there are some places, there are some flows of God that God wants to to get us into, but if we don't know they're there, we won't pursue after them. You know, taking the Disney World illustration, if you were to tell me, oh, there's a place where, where, oh, the the, the shrubbery and, and, and there's this big ball globe thing and you go on the inside of it and you can visit little countries and they, I think they call it Epcot World and then you can go to this place and I said no I've never been there I don't believe it no there are no such thing because certainly I would would know of such a thing you know you would think that would be foolish but how many times people do that with the things of God but you got to know there's a flow in order to experience it. If no one tells you about it, and no one shows you how to get there, it can be lost to a generation. And we're going to look at some of the things by the grace of God. You know, this church is a wonderful example of growing in the Spirit. You know, I, I said this morning, I, I've been here since the beginning. 
when Pastor Craig just was starting this church, Dr. Dufresne, of course, I, I was close to him. He was doing some meetings for me. And then, he, he, you know, Pastor Craig had asked him, could you help me? I, I need someone to help me. And so after our, our meetings in Fredonia, I got in on his jet and flew over the pond, Lake Erie. And it was great. I, I think we're only about 102 feet above the water. It was a great experience being with the prophet of God. And so I, I've been here from the beginning. And some very interesting things happen. That um, in doctor was, was doing a meeting. And of course I'm guest here. I'm invited to this doctor's meetings. And I, I'm just sitting, probably where one of you are, and I'm just sitting, you know, and, and, and pastor is doing the announcements and doctor's going to preach. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God's coming on me. And I'm starting to laugh. I said, no, you can't be doing this. Not now. This is, is a very refined Canadian church. You know, I'm a guest here. And, you know, Canadians, I don't think they know anything about this. And, I, and but the Spirit of God, wave after wave, I'm, I'm holding it back, I'm holding it back. And, you know, Pastor Craig thinks, what's, what's wrong with that poor American? <laughs> then I looked at doctor, and, you know, and he did this, means to obey God. So I started laughing out loud so much I rolled out of my chair. I'm right here in front on the floor laughing while pastor's doing the announcements. Yeah. Of course, he's looking at me. He's look, and everyone else is looking at me. And they probably thought, just that crazy American. But why did God do that? God wanted to show that there is a river. There's a flow. Now, some people think that's the only flow. That's just one flow. Just one flow. And how many have ever gotten into that flow and been blessed with joy unspeakable? I, I get more people healed in those type of meetings than regular healing meetings when they, they get in the flow. People delivered of oppression and depression, demons and, and so forth in that flow. But that, that was an illustration that God began to, to show that there was a flow. And I think it was the same meaning later on. Dr. Dufresne comes over to me and says, you know what you're going to do in the service tonight, don't you? I says, yeah, I'm going to listen to you to preach, I'm going to watch you minister, and we're going to go out to eat. <laughs> and he got mad at me. And said, no, you know what you're going to do in the service? I'm going to listen to you preach, I'm going to watch you minister, and we're going to go out to eat. And, you know, he got mad, fire out of his eye. No, you're not. You know, he and says, do you know what you're going to do in this service night? Um, the Holy Ghost revealed that the Holy Ghost was going to come on me. I was going to dance in front of everybody in the Holy Ghost, get drunk and start laying hands on people. And, of course, I didn't want to do it in this fine Reserved Canadian church. <laughs> but, the, but he says, and then in the service, he goes and points, obey God. And so I get up 
and I start dancing, and I, I start laying hands on people, and everyone looked at me, what in the world is he doing? <laughs> they just sat there and looked at me. And I sat down, and I hung my head, and I tried not to, you know, <laughs> remember everything that happened, but... It, <laughs> The Holy Ghost was flowing, but no one ever saw that. Dancing in the Spirit, running in the Spirit, joining the Spirit. But he was showing, there's some more rivers. But now look at you guys today. My goodness. You guys run, shout, dance about. You put us Americans to shame. But it didn't happen overnight. You first had to see it, to know it. Then, you know, like many times people get in the water, Woo, oh, that's enough of me. <laughs> or, you know, first time you raise your hands in church, when someone looks. But eventually, when you get past the ankles, the knees, the waist, you're free. The same thing with the joy and rejoicing, laughing. You may start it off ankle deep. You know, some of you for a long time were watching on the shore. That's good for them. I know it's real. That's good for you. But I like it. It's very comfortable. I don't want to get wet. But eventually, you, you know, you start playing uh, and getting your little feet wet. You say, ooh, this is kind of fun. Hee, hee, hee. Oh, and you were laughing at everyone that was laughing. <laughs> but you just, over time, got a little further and further and further in the Spirit. And that way, when God wants to move that way, you're not sitting looking at the shore. You're not playing in the kiddie pool area and just, woo! I mean, you're, you're jumping right in. You know, no doubt that's why God raised up this church. God raised, because that would have been lost. Lost in Canada, lost. How, how many churches do you know that, that flow in the Holy Ghost like you do? You know, Pastor Craig is, is a voice in the wilderness. And again, God wants to, Take us even to further moves of God. And you cannot go what you don't know exists. And Brother Hagin says there will be many moves of God lost. And um, what we need to be careful of is limiting a move of God by thinking We've arrived. There's no more. And honestly, what we have done, a lot of us, is we played in the kiddie pool. You know, we laugh, we run, we shout, and thank God we're now identifying a flow of the river, but we're kind of stuck there. And, and that's the only way we flow. That's the only way we go. But Jesus told Brother Hagen, 
There's a move of the Holy Ghost. There are moves that will be lost unless you tell them about them. Just like Disney World. I remember being at camp meeting. You know, I, I would, you know, I was an associate pastor. I would save up my vacation time, save up my money just to go to camp meeting and win a Bible seminar. You drive 20 hours and so forth. And I remember one camp meeting. I mean, it was glorious. The glory came down. I, I mean, you, you thought Jesus was coming. People were getting out of wheelchairs. And, you know, people were responding all over the building. And, I mean, I'm thinking, Jesus is bound to come. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. We've arrived. Jesus can come now. And you know what Brother Hagin did? He gets up behind the pulpit. After we're just going, wow, let us build three tabernacles and... Stay here. <laughs> Brother Hayden comes up and he says this, and I quote, I suppose all of you are impressed with this Mickey Mouse move of God. You think this is a move of God? Let me tell you what a move of God is. We were playing in the kiddie pool. Now, that's great if you've been on dry bank for years and years. I mean, the kiddie pool, it's refreshing and odd day. And, and to us, we thought we were swimming. And because he's been places, he's seen things in the Spirit. He's seen moves of God that we haven't seen, we don't know exists. And we thought, this is it. We've arrived. When he's saying there's so much out, more out there. And he called it a Mickey Mouse Move of God. Very often, when Brother Hagin would, would talk about the move of the Spirit, and, uh, you know, thank God we, we, we've learned some things. The joy has come back, the laughter, the dancing, the running. And a lot of times, that's, that's people get in rut, and they think that's all the flow is that God has in a service. But there are more flows. And see, if we don't know about them, when, when God tries to move, we, we immediately go, <laughs> when there's, there's something else that he wants to do. Yeah. And one of the things, when Brother Higgins said there's a move of the Spirit, he would make it in context a prayer. Now it's got quiet. Now get to the running, dancing, shouting. See, there, there are places, there is a move of the Spirit in prayer that uh, if we don't know about it, we won't get there. We won't hunger. We won't yield to it because we haven't been there. We don't know they exist. And several years ago, the Holy Ghost gave me Part of my charge, you know, part of my charge is to get people ready for the coming of the Lord. And the Spirit of God spoke expressly to me back in 2017. And he began to say, get my people to pray. Get my people to pray more. And of course, you know, I, I pray a whole lot. My wife prays a whole lot. And then he told us, I want you to pray more. And he, he said, there's some things in prayer 
there's a, there's a move of God in prayer that a lot of people don't know about. And because they don't know about him, they don't yield to it. And there's a lot of things. And if you study any major move of God, what did it begin by? Prayer. People praying. And God wants to take you further in prayer than you are right now. When we talked about the river, it's just not running, shouting, dancing in church. Thank God for them. I'm all for them. I enjoy those services. But there's a flow in your prayer life that many have stayed on the bank and maybe heard stories or... They, they hear what the prayer team is doing and says, oh, that's wonderful, that's great, we got a prayer team. But God wants to get you out in the river. Not only to the ankles, not only to the knee, not just to the waist, but there, there's some things in prayer. God wants to get us there. And before us to get there, we have to know there are such places exist. Let, let me help you with this. I was saved 18 years old as a Catholic boy. I shared a little bit. I, I, you know, I, I was a good Catholic. All, our, our priests smoked, drank, chased women, gambled, and so I was a good Catholic. Just as long as we went to church on Sundays, we were good Catholics. But uh, I sowed my wild oats, and then at age 18, I got saved and um, got filled with the Holy Ghost at age 18. And, uh, you know, applying to Raymond, I, I got saved when I was 18, and I went to Raymond when I was 19 years old. But before I went to Raymond, I was privileged to have some people get tapes into me. Now, I know this dates me. We used to call it tapes, CDs, MP3s, teachings. That's what I mean by tapes, little cassette tapes. Immediately got me into Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland to feed my faith and change my life. And I got a tape from, uh, and the only tape I had was from, from Gloria Copeland, and it was about the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, I listened to that, and she went through the Bible teaching on the benefits of praying in the Holy Ghost. And I said, I've never heard this. Wow! I got filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a sign that was filled, but they didn't teach me the benefits, the blessings. I didn't know this stuff, and therefore I didn't, I didn't wade into it. I didn't exercise it. And she began to tell me the importance of praying in tongues and what it will do for you. And from that time, and she said she encouraged everyone, she says, anyone listening to this message on tape, to pray at least one hour a day in other tongues. I never heard that. Just, they just kind of got us filled with the Holy Ghost, said, you got it, now just hold on to it until Jesus comes. <laughs> and so I begin to, I get to pray, I begin to pray an hour a day in other tongues. You know, because I didn't know you could do that. And I just, just <coughs> I clock an hour, and I just pray an hour a day in other tongues. You know, something amazing began to happen. You know, once you get off of the, the dry river, dry um, bank and begin the river, 
refreshing begins to come in. And, you know, my life began to take on a supernatural element. Up to that time, this was my life, and I kid you not. Here is a door, and opportunities, anything I want to do in life is like this door. I go to this door, and the door is locked. <clears throat> it's locked. And then I have to get a sledgehammer and beat that door down, and a lot of effort of the flesh, and kick that door open. And after exhausting myself, I, I get in the door, and it's a messy broom closet from one failure to another. But after praying in tongues for an hour a day, my life began to take on a, a supernatural element. Instead of me, when, when things would happen, opportunities would present themselves, instead of it being a locked, dirty broom closet, It'd be like Walmart. We, we, we established this morning, we, we all have Walmarts, right? You know, Walmart, you don't need to break the door down. You stand before that door. What happens? It opens up for you. And you walk in, and there's more stuff in Walmart than you could take home to do with. Right? And that, that became my life. And I got addicted to it. But I didn't know that because no one told me. They didn't tell me there's a flow you can get into and all of a sudden your life can be supernatural. When I, my, my prayer was just like everyone. I had my list and I, I prayed those prayers. But I, I got out further. And man, things begin to change. And I could tell you story after story about what began to happen Supernatural things, being in the right place at the right time. But I got so much to share, and I only got seven hours to share it, so bear with me. I'm going to give you the condensed version. Kenthy Hagen said this. The greatest things that ever happened to me, the greatest miracles, the greatest healing miracles, the greatest financial miracles came after a prolonged time of praying in other tongues. The ministry today, what we're in, what we're doing, and what we have been doing the last several years came as a direct result of praying in other tongues. As a Catholic boy filled with the Holy Ghost, I was at the edge of the river. I listened to brother, uh, Sister Copeland she says, there's more. And because she pointed me to more, told me how to get in more, I began to pray an hour a day in other tongues. And whoo, I'm experiencing a flow, a river of God that wasn't there before. My life began to take on a supernatural. I'd be in the right place at the right time. Things would happen for me and I knew it had to be God. Yes. Never happened for me before. And you know, I thought I was swimming in the river. Woo! It can't get any better than this. An hour and day, God doing things. I, I, you know, to me, I thought I had a secret that no one knew. Man! Then I go to Ramah. And um, I have two roommates. In one bedroom apartment, I, I live with two other guys. You know, you save expenses. One of my roommates was carnal. One of my roommates was spiritual. 
And of course, you don't share too much with your carnal roommate because you don't care. But I, I was going to let in to the spiritual roommate on my secret that I thought, man, it doesn't get better than this. And I begin to tell him about praying, praying to God an hour a day. And I thought, man, he was going to fall down and worship at my feet and say, man, wow, what a revelation. He began to laugh at me. And he said, only an hour? What do you, what do you mean only an hour? I said, he says, you're only praying an hour a day. There's, there's much more to that. And he, and, he, and he said to me, you, you can spend three, four hours with God. And I'm like, you can? I thought there was a limit to this saying, that God can only put up with you for an hour. <laughs> and he said this, not only can you pray more than an hour, you can actually get into the presence of God. And you can begin to experience God his tangible presence in your life. And I said, no way. I said, yeah. So I begin to pray with my spiritual roommate. Have you ever heard about a man named Norval Hayes? Yes. And I know your pastor quotes him, so, so you know that what Norval says has weight. Yes. And he said something, and it was, he said it over and over again, that I've, I've found to be true. He said this, not much happens in the first hour. And he was talking about waiting on God. Praying, worshiping. Here as a Catholic boy, you know, I, I would have my 10-minute prayer life. I stepped into praying an hour a day. I think I hung the moon. <laughs> Norval Hayes says, not much happens that first hour. And I, I begin to pray with my roommate. And I remember it was after the first hour we were praying and seeking God. All of a sudden, I begin to feel differently. I begin to sense something. <laughs> I said to I got a little scared. I said, what is that? I've never, I've never sensed that before. I've never felt that before. He said, that's the presence of God. My roommate introduced me to the presence of God. Do you know you can pray and can spend all your life praying and never experience the presence of God? That's a river to flow in. And I kid you not, we would spend hours in the presence of God. He introduced me that, that now, getting in prayer, I'm not satisfied unless I sense Him. And I've learned something. We had an, uh, an upper room apartment, and it became known as the upper room. And we continually had prayer meetings in that room. And I kid you not, I, I'm in this pulpit. God would smite me if I was lying, but the glory of God would be in our room. That um, we'd work different shifts, and I kid you not, I, I would go to our upper room, I open the door, and the glory of God would be in our, our room. And my roommate would be slain in the spirit. And the presence of God is there. And I just kind of tiptoe around the edge. Get into my bedroom and change. Then go join them. 
Then when, when he'd go to work, I, I would be praying and seeking God and worshiping and bring the presence of God into that room. What have I learned? There's something more. But I couldn't get there unless someone told me about it and showed me how to get there. Now, and I, I don't say this braggingly. I, I don't, it's just plain true. I can pray the present. I can get God into any room that I'm in by myself. You know, when other people come in, then their, their will has to play. I, I've been in places where I'd get off of work after Rama. I'd sit up on my bed and for two or three hours just worship God. And the glory of God would come in to my room and my bed would shake, literally shake under the presence of God more than once. Were you scared? No. And this presence is fullness of joy. See, there are places. Now, we don't seek experiences. We seek God. God will give you experiences. I used to have a very troubled mind Squirrely mind. You know, thoughts. You ever have trouble with thoughts? Can't, can't seem to shut your mind off. You try to pray, and all of a sudden your, your mind is racing and so forth. You, you, you know what I'm saying? But I, I remember just getting in the presence of Almighty God. Not, not seeking Him for anything, just seeking Him. And the Spirit of God would come into my room like in Acts 2 as a mighty rushing wind and would hit me. And I'd fall back. And all of a sudden, the, the, the presence of God came and hit my head like fire. I heard, you know, like Acts chapter 2. I didn't see it, but I heard it. Fire. I heard it was, you ever have a, a burning, raging fire, how it sounded? That's how it sounded. I didn't see it. I, and it went through the top of my head, through my whole being. You know what happened? In that time, I can pray three hours in other tongues and not have a thought enter in my mind. My wife can attest, I take no thought about anything. To think, I have to choose to think. You know, where people are bombarded and tormented, their mind racing. I have perfect peace. Why? I had a touch from God. I found a flow of the river. Old-time Pentecostals knew about this, but they thought it was a second work of grace. They called it sanctification. All they would do is wait on God, wait on God, wait on God, until the Spirit of God would run through them, and then they'd say, I'm sanctified. They thought it was a second work of grace. No, it's simply being in contact with God. There's a move of the Spirit. There, there are so many things. And you see, you have to know there are. And be open to more. Because if you're not, you always stay at the kiddie pool. How many are hungering more for God? Yes. Yeah. Hungering more for Him and His presence. And there's a lot of things in prayer that I wish I could share with you. And I understand, you know, I, I wish... Brother Hagin was still alive because, you know, 
I, I'm just still in kindergarten with some of these things. But such as I have, I give unto you. Um, when I went to Rhema, um, I went to Rhema from 8 a.m. to about noon, 11.30 or noon. Then I would go and work in a men's clerk, as a men's clerk, from 1 to 9 o'clock. And then uh, whenever there was a seminar, I would drive from my work and catch the tail end of the seminar where Brother Hagen was. Because sometimes he'd go to 10.30, 11 o'clock. And I remember, after work, heading to a seminar and listening to Brother Hagen, and the Spirit of God came on him. And he began to prophesy. I mean, when Brother Hagen prophesies, you listen. A whole lot of people prophesying, you kind of, well, it's a little mixed. You know, some of it's God, some of it's their soul. But when Brother Hagen prophesied, you know you heard from heaven. And, and he began to cry out. The Spirit of God began to cry out and say that, that God is wanting to move. God is wanting to help people. God wants to touch and heal but he said his people are too distracted, too preoccupied, too busy for the, for the things of the Spirit. They, they, they cling to more natural things. And, and he shared by the Spirit that there's very often that people are, are going through some things, even death, that the Spirit of God is looking through the body of Christ, searching for someone to pray. And the Spirit of God says, and I can find none. My people are too busy, too preoccupied, too, and especially today with all their gadgets. And they've always got things before them. And as long as you're in the mental realm, you'll never tap into the spiritual realm. And I, I remember hearing that. And, you know, me just being a night, remember, 19-year-old boy going to Ramah. And the Spirit of God just crying out. I'm looking, I'm looking for people to pray. And I, I remember I made a consecration dedication that night as a 19-year-old. And I said, Lord, I'm, a, I'm just a Catholic boy. I've learned to pray in tongues an hour a day. I, I, don't know, I don't understand all this, but Lord, if you need someone, here am I. You know, God took the prayer of a little 19-year-old who didn't know nothing and took me seriously. Brother Hagen, through the Spirit of God, was showing us there's more to prayer. And the Spirit of God was crying out. And therefore he made me aware there, there's more to prayer. And I just said, Lord, here am I. Use me. And from that time, as a 19-year-old boy, he began to show me things about the move of God in prayer. He started off with ankle deep knee deep over the years. And he gave me what I call the ABCs of prayer. A, he began to show me about assignments. Again, this is a move of God that's lost. Now, what is an assignment? He began to show me that may, maybe you've all experienced it. You're in the middle of the night and you're, you're awakened for no reason. And you naturally want to go for pizza or something. 
And the Spirit of God says, if you ever get wakened in the middle of the night for no reason, you're wide awake, that is me calling you to pray. And see, you begin to show me these things. And I begin to teach them. In our churches now, we, we have a whole army of people that know, hey, if you're sleeping, all of a sudden you're waking up, don't respond by going to get pizza. Begin to pray. And then he would begin to show me as I'm praying in tongues. I, I would say things in English. People's names would start coming out. He'd begin to teach me. See, that's a prayer assignment. I, I'm, having, I'm assigning you to pray for that person supernaturally. And that's been flowing through my life for years and years, and I've taught others. Reason? There's a place. But if they don't know the place, they don't know how to respond to that place. And I can tell you stories that will amaze you. Praying tongues, interpretation, praying things out. And I heard Brother Hagin say by the Spirit, he says, most people and most of my ministers are living behind their prayer life. And that's why they go from crisis to crisis to crisis. And so I've learned to at least be two years ahead in my prayer life. That two years, I will be praying things now that are two years ahead. There, there are things that, and I wish I had time, I can give you illustration, but I, I, I'm, I'm still in my introduction. Remember what I lack in depth, what? I go in length. <laughs> that I, I will pick up people's names and say their names weeks before a crisis hits in their life. And then when that crisis comes, they say, oh, pastor, I'm going through this. Pray for me. It's already been done. Yeah. Now, I don't tell them that. Yeah. See, there is a place in the Spirit in prayer. You, you can actually become God's secret agent. You can actually know things before they happen. And if He can trust you not to blab to everybody, it says the secret things belong to the Lord, but those things that belong to us, He reveals to us. I mean, there, there's just one time I, I'm awakened and I saw a person's face. I saw anguish on their face. And I just prayed. Prayed. Remember, not much happens. For, I prayed two hours until I was released to that assignment. Then after I was released to that assignment, I saw that same face. Instead of anguish, I saw their face glow with great joy. There's people that won't know into heaven. I prayed them out of death. I prayed them out of car accidents. I prayed them out of trouble. And imagine the rewards in heaven. Bring you a supply. And no one knows what you've done for them. God's secret agent. And you hear about testimonies of God's supernatural living. You just sit back there and you smile. You don't want to say, oh, I prayed that, prayed that, because you, you'll lose your reward. There's a place in the spirit. All right. Am I boring you? If I'm boring, you can go. Burdens be. Begin to show me about burdens. My little children, whom I travail in birth again until Christ be conformed in you. He began to teach me about the spirit of travail, praying things through, getting burdens. These are a little different than assignments. assignments I've had assignments last up to four years praying for certain individuals. But burdens is like giving birth. Paul said, I travail again until Christ be confirmed, conforming. You know, when. when when a woman is given birth, uh, they get to say, you know, this is inconvenient. I'm going to do this some other time. I mean, it's all or nothing, the intensity. 
And when these burdens come, it's usually a life and death situation, a critical situation. And he, he began to show me these things and show me. And again, I didn't, no one taught me these things and how the importance of you praying that through until I know the victory comes. Brother Hagin said this, there'll be people that'll never be saved, never be healed or never be delivered unless the Spirit of God gives intercession this way, gives the Spirit of travail. They can't seem to lay hold of them up by faith. And some of the greatest things happen when you give in this type of uh, uh, prayer. Again, you can't give yourself a spirit of travail, intercession. That's fake. But when you learned to pray and wait on God, be sensitive, He will lead you in this type of prayer. And we could take one session just talking about this thing. But to know, because sometimes you're there, and all of a sudden intensity, and you begin to wail and cry, what is this? You know, I'm not an emotional man, but to cry and weep. See, so you just yield and you pray. And don't get straight. You pray that thing through until you have a note of victory. And you, you provided a breakthrough. See, these things are being lost to the body of Christ. And you know, another thing, C, A, B, C, is being a carrier. There's some that call the spirit of prayer, a carrier of the spirit of prayer. You read the book, I Believe in Visions. Brother Hagin would say that he'd be preaching, and all of a sudden the spirit of prayer would hit the congregation. He wouldn't need to tell anyone to pray. They all hit their knees praying. And whenever that happened, you know what? Jesus appeared in the service and talked to Brother Hagin. And you know what Brother Hagin said? We don't see that happen much in churches nowadays. Why? Because they don't know about it. I've been in a church. You know, this happens in our church because we teach about it. And we're just then all of a sudden, boom. It's time to, people just start praying. But I've been in churches and praying, and all of a sudden the spirit of prayer comes, and people are looking at me, what's going on? Because they don't know about it. And because they don't know about it, they don't yield to it. And see, there is a move of the spirit. There are things that God wants to get us into. And there are waters to swim in. Charles Finney said this, I have experience in prayer that did deed alarm me. You can't get there overnight, but I tell you, once you get a taste of these things, it'll change your life. I, I was in the nighttime. A lot of, I do my lot praying in nighttime. You know, when we're in school, you go on field trips. Do you know there's field trips in the spirit? Here I am in Fredonia, New York. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God takes my spirit. And all of a sudden, I'm in Texas. Now, how do I know I'm in Texas? Like I said before, in the Spirit, you know, north, south, east, west. I know I'm in Texas. I didn't see any sign here. I, I, I'm in a, a church building or a building like this. Phew, look, looking around, what am I doing here? And I see people on their knees. I see him praying. Oh, that's interesting. Then I look up and I see a tornado heading towards this building, heading towards them. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes on me through the gift of faith and I speak to that tornado. I say, you shall not come this way. You will go another way in Jesus' name. 
And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came in me. The audible voice of the Spirit says, and you will see this on the news. And pff, I'm back in Fredonia. Then I looked, and, you know, the Holy Ghost, this has happened several times when he said that. He, my eyes came across a Fox News report. A tornado, I didn't know there was a tornado outbreak in Texas. And a tornado was heading to a heavily populated area. And at the last moment, it just turned. They don't understand it turned. But if, if people don't know about these things, they stick to their God, bless, bless my mommy, bless my daddy, bless cousin Sue, and brother Tommy, and, and cousin Matthew, well, yeah or nah. If you want to send them to hell, that's fine. Just, amen. God wants to get us deeper. Deeper. See, Thank God for the running, shouting, dancing. But there's a move of the Spirit in prayer. And I mean, most of this stuff will not happen in the church. It'll happen in your own life. All right. Am I boring you? All right. Do you want some, hear some more things that are possible? You ever hear about a man named John Lake? This is from the writing of John Lake. I believe it's from Adventures in God. In South Africa some years ago, in a single night, a fever epidemic struck the county for 350 miles. As I rode through the section of that county, I found men dead in their beds beside their wives, children dead in their beds along the living, whole families stricken, dying uh, and dead. In a single month, one quarter of the entire population of that district, both black and white, had died. One quarter of the population because of a plague. We had to organize an army to dig graves, an army men to make caskets when we could not buy wood. And we'd had to bury them in blankets. And many times they had to share blankets because they ran out of wood and blankets and they were burying the dead. A deadly plague. Sounds familiar. All right. He said, I had a man in my company, perhaps some of you know. We didn't, and we're reading this. And he said this, God anointed that man to pray as I fo- I've never found anyone else to pray. For days he remained under a thorn tree. And as passed by the morning, I would hear his voice in prayer. And when I returned that evening, I would hear his voice in prayer. Many times I, got pre- I prepared him a meal to carry to him. And I roused him long enough to say, how goes it, brother? Are you getting through? And he said, no, not yet. For days he had a burden of prayer. But one day he said to me, Mr. Lake, I feel if you, ha- if you just give me a little help, if you would help me with my faith, that I, I would break through this thing. And I wanted my knees to join my heart to his and, uh, and voice my prayer to God. As we prayed, the Spirit of the Lord overshadowed our souls. And I personally find myself not kneeling on the tree, but gradually moved away from the tree some 50 to 100 feet upwards. And my eyes opened, I witnessed a scene that I've never witnessed before, a multitude of demons like a flock of sheep. And so he's seen the demon horde that is oppressing and killing these people. And the Spirit of God came upon his friend, and in the Spirit he rushed ahead of me, cursing that army of demons, and they were driven back. And from that, he came out of the spirit. 
Beloved, the next morning, the epidemic was no more. It died. See, there, there are places. Honestly, we, we put up with this COVID stuff way too long. We've talked about it. We made it political. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And see, there, there's things like this. Will you give me one more? I know I'm going along. This account, I'm just showing you there, there, there are places out there that we need to know about. We just don't want to be at, at the bank. This, this came from an account of the Assembly of God's magazine, Pentecostal Evangel. One of the pioneers of that movement, this was his personal account. He was one of the founding fathers of the Pentecostal movement. And this happened in 1909. Um, he, he was a young man, and this was before the Assembly of God uh, was organized. This, he felt he was called to preach, and um, back then there was no full gospel seminaries and, and Bible schools. So what you did is you, you found someone who can preach and you learn from them. And so there's a traveling ten evangelist that recognized the call of God in the young men. So why don't you come and help me and I'll, I'll teach you the ropes. And so they would travel through the United States. And they, they very often, there, there'd be whole states, there's not one full gospel church there. That's the early days. You know, Azusa Street just happened, just being filled with the ghost. And um, they were invited by a Nazarene man who owned a hotel. And it says, you know, if you set up a tent uh, outside my hotel, there was not one single full gospel church in that state. And so they're going to set up a, a tent and says, you can stay at my hotel for free and we will feed you food, you know, for the revival. And so they, they had, had this meeting, you know, preaching, teaching. And this young man said this, there'd be times that I was under such a spirit of prayer. Sometimes all I would do for days was pray. I would go in the meetings. I would, people would come up to me and said, I spoke to you, but I didn't respond because I was caught up to another realm, the spirit of prayer. Now get this. In the hotel, there was a cook by the name of Joe French. We talked to him and tried to get him saved. But he wasn't interested. And while we were there, he died. But one of our workers would not give up on him. And continued to pray after he died. After several hours, he revived and was glorious saved, largely saved. You know how we would give up all he's dead? That's it. See, if we don't know, we never go after this stuff. Now get this. He told them, I was down in hell and described hell in detail. But as he was in hell, Jesus came and got him. And Jesus said, brother, so-and-so won't turn you loose. I've come for you. And took him out of hell and brought him back to life. Is there a mic? I wanted to do this. Yeah. Bless me, us four, no more. There, there's so much more, brothers and sisters. 
But my time has slipped away. Ah. Melatorie. Sodre atondre acunandro. Ondo drove shukunda. Dravia do dro o o o o o. There is a call of God in these days. There's a call to God to come aside from the distractions of life, from the busyness of life, and to seek me and to pray unto me. I will lead you into deeper things, the deeper things of my spirit, saith the Lord. The things that your heart has yearned for, the things that your heart has desired will become a reality in your life. But it does not come by might or human power, but it's by my spirit. And to receive the things of the spirit, you must sow into the spirit. You must be in the spirit. And I will show you things you didn't know before. I'll show you the way you should go. So set aside, set aside time to seek me, saith the Lord. And I'll make your life here divine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I hunger for God. See... I got to taste. You know, when Saul of Tarsus had that visitation, it changed his life. When I learned these things of prayer, it changed my life. And see, there's things that God wants to get us into. Today, ah, yeah. Yes, yes, my master. Yes, we'll do that. I've had the, the privilege of praying with Brother Hagen, you know, in his prayer group. And, uh, you know, and I noticed this. Whenever Dr. Dufresne laid hands on me and Pastor Nancy, one of the first things I would do with that impartation is I would take it into prayer. And very often that after having hands laid on me, there was a new door. That wasn't there before, uh, uh, or a new new level, uh, uh, maybe further in the spirit, that I I couldn't get there before. Now, if your heart doth hunger for a greater move of God in prayer, and prayer, like when I was 19 years old, and I said, God, here's me, and that I was willing to lay aside time because there's something about impartation. That some things, some things need to be imparted. Now, again, this is a Holy Ghost service. You know, a lot of times we like the running, shouting, dancing, but this is, this is more kingdom business than that. Like I said, there's many flows. And, you know, thank God we got the running, shouting, dancing. Go all the way in, 100%. But these are some things that we need to get into in the area of prayer that we all can get in. You're not getting flaky, fruity, but just spending time with God, praying in tongues. And some of you need to bump up your game praying in tongues, you know, make you a little bit more spiritual. But just allow Him to lead you into these things. Don't try to put something on. Just spend time with Him, seeking Him, until He'll lead you some things. But then all of a sudden, if all of a sudden you get a burden, hey, I know what that is. You get awake at nighttime, oh, yeah, this is it. Or, or you're in a service and all of a sudden God falls and you have this urge to pray. Begin to pray. Uh, well, I want to thank you for putting up with me. You know, and my job is just to 
putting an impartation to you in this area. That's what the Holy Ghost wanted, so that's what we did.